Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliffe, a pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We are glad that you have chosen to take this time to join us today. And we're glad that uh, we can come together. And actually, although you may be viewing and these are here in the congregation, we are actually fellowshipping together because we know, obviously, as God has brought us together as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're one in the bond of love. And so as we believe in Jesus, no matter what your background is, if your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, we know we call you brother and sister. And I pray today that you be touched personally by the presence of the Lord. So we have a wonderful message today, but it's confronting. But it's also very instructive as far as how we'll walk in victory. Because we all would say, yes, I want to walk in victory, Jim. I want freedom in Christ. And we do. And we know that obviously we're in a warfare. And it is obviously intense. And I believe as the Lord draws near that it will get more intense. So be, be on your lookout. There will be things that will happen. And if something happens to you and it doesn't make sense and you can't figure it out and you're praying and putting it before the Lord, then just realize there's probably the enemy coming against you. So just keep praying. Don't give up. There are breakthroughs that are coming and there are answers to prayer that will take place. So you're watching today and you've been praying for something. Just keep on praying, believing God, have faith in the Lord because it's about faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. So uh, let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you for this wonderful day. We can share from your word. It is a privilege. So, Lord, you speak. Let me get out of the way and let your word and your truth go forth in power. Touch our lives. Change us, dear Lord. Send revival. Send awakening to our hearts, dear Lord, that we may know you personally and intimately. Lord, we need you. And we ask you to heal our land and touch our generation. And there's a generation that's coming up today, Lord, that needs to know you also. That, Lord, we believe that we have not passed down our faith as we should have. But, dear God, today we just pray, restore us and help us to impart our faith to those youngsters and to others, dear God, that are coming up that will actually carry the baton of, of the, the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the world. Thank you, Lord, today. Set the captive free. Help us to walk in the victory that you've called us to. You've, you've shown us, dear Lord, that we can step into as we continue to seek you and to do your will. Come Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at uh, Romans chapter 8. And we're going to look at verses 8 through 11. Actually, what's your mindset? What is your mindset? You came in here today, your mind's on something. Okay? You can't be in neutral, okay? You can't think about what we're going to have to eat after church service. And we hope that Jim hurries up and finishes the message. So, Because I'm hungry, okay? Because I didn't get breakfast. Okay, but what's your mindset? And so today we want to look at that because it's very important what your mindset is. If you want the victory, then you need to know. And we need to know how that works because everybody here would be able to say, yes, I want to walk in victory. I don't want to be defeated. I don't want to just tread water. I don't want to just sort of survive. I want to thrive. I want to, I want to fulfill what God's calling is on my life, His highest purposes and His highest plans here. And so I want to share with you today some things that I think will be very, very important because two weeks ago, we, I'm glad Samson, how many of you enjoyed seeing Samson last week? Wasn't that great? He was good, and he just imparts faith and stirs our faith. And uh, he's in uh, Germany right now, but I think he's trying to get into India. And uh, so he'll be uh, doing things in Germany. There's churches planted in Germany and also throughout uh, different places there. And he's uh, going to try to get in India. Although it has been closed because of COVID. So just pray for an open door because there are Bibles that are going into other parts of the country that we are a part of through our, our 
our uh, faith giving and so forth. So uh, just continue to pray that that ministry would thrive. So I enjoy that. But the week before, I actually talked about nailing things to the cross, things in our lives that were, you know, just they bring us down. The things that obviously it's like Satan puts his finger on it and he just brings it to the forefront. So I want to continue that to this week and then next week, kind of a conclusion on that. What can we do? But it really means is who's going to control your mind? Is God going to control your mind or is Satan going to control your mind? Because this is where the battleground is. It's your thought life. It's what Satan. You see, he can put thoughts there when sometimes you have a, a, a thought that comes out of nowhere that you want to know. Where did that come from? More than likely, the enemy has put it there. You've got to be careful. You've got to be aware of this and you've got to be diligent about obviously rebuking those thoughts and taking them into captivity, as 2 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about. So it's very important to understand that. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Walk in the Spirit so you will not gratify the, the flesh. That you will not gratify the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the flesh. We mentioned two weeks ago, talked about it, is the flesh never gets any better. It's the old nature. We've been born again, but that old nature is still there. Now, we've nailed that old nature to the cross, but it's like remnants of that old nature are still there. Patterns, habits, you know, addictions, all these things seem to pop up every now and then they come back, and that's the flesh. And the enemy observes us very, very closely. He knows our weaknesses. He knows what we usually succumb to, the things that we sort of have a bent towards and so forth. There are different things in our lives, and we all we deal with different things. There are different things that we need to do. And we know in 1 John, the first chapter talks about that we confess our sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we know that we do. He's speaking to Christians there that we can be cleansed of our sin. We are cleansed past, present, and future because of the blood of Jesus. But we want that fellowship and that relationship with God Almighty to remain open. So the flesh keeps coming back. Think about it. What you think about, what you dwell upon. And so we're to think about those things above. We're to look. We're to keep, keep fixated upon the Lord Jesus Christ because Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says, He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusts in the Lord. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ because he trusts in the Lord. You want to be at peace? Everybody said yes because we've had so much fear over the past year because of COVID, because everything that comes out of any type of media outlet or whatever, everything is about how bad it's going to be and how worse it's going to get. Amen? And that way it works. But we're not to fear those things. And we are to take that captain. We say, no, God has promised me, John chapter 10, verse 10. He says he has promised me abundant life. He gives us that. But just right above that verse, right in the same verse, the devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. He comes to do that. But Jesus comes to bring the opposite. So when we come and we walk in this world, we are in a battle and it'll never get any better until we go home to be with the Lord. It will continue on. And the flesh will rear its ugly head, obviously, continually here. The master counterfeit, Satan, wants to be the head of your body and not Christ. He wants to take over. And let me tell you, he doesn't fight fair, trust me. He is a deceiver. He'll do everything in his power to be able to bring you down, to try to put you down and to deceive you, to try to do that. We are in a battle. A lot of Christians don't even realize that we're in a battle. A lot of Christians don't realize how intense it is. 
We know that every day. And a lot of times we let these things come and they're like birds that come and build a little nest there in our minds. And obviously they become what it says that it actually produces a stronghold. And it's a stronghold in our mind. And we're going, why do I continue to do these things? Why do I continue to, to act in this way and to respond in a particular situation to whatever the circumstances may be? Why is it? It's because a lot of times it's a stronghold. God came to break the stronghold. He doesn't want strongholds in our lives. Jesus said, I came to set the captive free. And that's exactly what he means. He came. You know, Jesus went out. He said, the devil has nothing on me. I want the devil to have nothing on me. How about you? I want him to have nothing on me. I want to be totally free. And that means that obviously we've got to walk with mind control. We've got to understand that. You know, when you put on the full armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, one of the parts of the armor is the helmet of salvation. And sometimes in the morning when I put on the, the full armor of God, I will take on the helmet of salvation. And this is what I sometimes express it this way. I'll say, okay, I rebuke those thoughts that are not of the will of God. Those things that are coming against me that are obviously perverted or immoral or, or lustful or whatever it may be. And I rebuke those thoughts right now. And every thought that's coming in to set itself up against the knowledge of God, I rebuke, I come against right now. And in its place, I put on the blessings of the Lord. I receive the will of God for my life and for my family and for our church here. I receive that, the prosperity of the Lord. I receive these things in my mind right now. And I put on that helmet of salvation, which means actually we have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. And so I put those things on, on a regular basis. But you've got to be active. You can't just be still and sort of laissez-faire. Because the enemy will wreak havoc in your life. You can't be neutral in the Christian life. Everybody know about that? You cannot be neutral. We have to be aggressively against seeking the Lord and obviously rebuking the, the things that the enemy tries to do in our lives. And you see, again, the enemy doesn't play fair. He deceives, he accuses, he condemns, and he'll fill your mind and your heart with fear and inadequacies. He makes you feel like you're a fool. He feels like you'll never amount to anything. You're not worth anything. Maybe you were told that by maybe your, your parents. I hope God forbid, but maybe in that way. Or maybe along the way, people told you that. Whatever it may be, those are things are lies. You are obviously worth, obviously God loves us. And he, you're precious in his eyes. And God loves us with a jealous love. He wants us. He, he desires us. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ into the world to die for our sins. But the devil tells us just the opposite. The devil wants us to live a, a fruitless life, lacking in God's peace and an abundance life. He wants us to stop that. And he, he wants the remaining days of our life to be a, a wasteland as far as the things of God. A wasteland, certainly. Satan will attempt every strategy and use every weapon in his arsenal to keep you impotent and, and warming the bench for God. I don't want to warm the bench for God, do y'all? I want to be active in God's army. I want to be there. We, we are obviously to suit up and we're to go forth and obviously take back the territory that the enemy has stolen from us. And he's stolen a lot. He's stolen from our lives. And a lot of times we don't even realize that. We're just trying to make, make it through life. We're making it through day by day, you see. Let me tell you, I want you obviously don't let this happen. Don't let this happen. The battle for mind control is critical here. A mind for Christ is a terrible thing to waste. And I plead with you today is don't allow that to happen. Take active. Go actively against the things that the enemy is trying to do in your life. But it begins right here. Mind control, one or the other. Obviously, there. I want to look at four truths here that the Apostle Paul talks about. In, 
in this scripture, and we're going to look at it here in Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 11. If you can put that up there for a minute. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are not are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life, give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Amen. There are several things we'll want to look at, but before we do that, is a lot of times I want to mention that some Christians don't even know that we're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. And what happens is, before you know it, we're waylaid. We're like the old expression, we just got hit up, got knocked up beside the head with a two-by-four. We've heard that. Because he knocks you. He is vicious. He is viciously wanting to destroy you and destroy me. He's viciously wanting to destroy your walk with the Lord and your intimacy with God and your witness. He will do everything in his, in his power, his strategies to do that. And he knows he's very powerful. But God, remember this. We have authority. We have authority over him and God is over him. But if we're not cautious, we will begin to walk in the flesh instead of walking in the spirit. And God is calling us to walk in the spirit. And I want to share with you about how to do that today. Very simply, but also we have to be diligent about that. Certainly. So the question is, who will control our minds? Everybody here is thinking about it because you're listening to me. Everybody watching this. Who will control your mind? Will God control your mind and will Satan control your mind? You got to make a you got a purpose in your heart that God's going to control my mind. God's going to control me. And it starts right here. He hits this. And he begins to tell you all these things and all of the luggage that we bring into our life. Obviously, we've had backgrounds and so forth. And all those things come forth and they rear their ugly heads and they come forth and they sometimes entrap us. And we're tired and weary and we can't walk and in the strength and the power that God wants us to do because we've got all that luggage. We're carrying it around with us. And God just said, hey, I want to take it from you. I want to just completely set you free here. Satan will obviously steal your joy. You believe that? He'll steal your joy. He'll steal your health. He'll steal your family. He will steal everything that is precious to you. Believe me today. He will steal that. Why? Because he came to kill, steal, and destroy. He came to kill spiritually. When we walk in the flesh, actually we begin in that death walk with, because we obviously are born again, but we're not walking in the Spirit. And so we have no effect upon anything that's going on around us. And so Satan wants to steal that, that flesh, that old, old nature never goes away. And we've got to crucify it. We've got to get rid of it. You've got to obviously purpose in your heart and say, today, I right now put the axe to the roots. And I say, I crucify that. And so that's what we're going to do. The first truth here is saying here in, in verse 5, the mindset on the things of the flesh will live a life according to the flesh. Everybody knows that, don't you? In verse 5, for those who are according to, who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. 
to those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. It's a biblical principle that obviously can work for you walking in the Spirit or it can work against you walking in the flesh. It's obviously about sowing and reaping, certainly. The Bible says all things are yours and you're Christ and Christ is God. In other words, you have all you need. Jesus, if you have Jesus, you have all you need for living. Jesus will take care of all your needs and all the things that you need to be able to live this life here. He will take care of your family, your home, your workplace, your church, and so forth. And it may not turn out like what you want, but Jesus will take care of you. He promises. You know, we obviously are his and he is ours, okay? And when we obviously gave our life to Jesus, we were bought with a price, the precious blood of the lamb. We are his. We are his responsibility. He will. He will take care of us, but he wants us to engage in this life very, very purposefully and go forth and take forth those things that he's given us. Why? It's because obviously he knows it makes us stronger. It draws us closer to him. He knows that we have a tendency to drift. How many of you know that? You drift if you don't stay focused upon Jesus. You'll drift right on away from the Lord. A lot of people are backslidden today. The word is backslidden. It's because they have drifted from the Lord. They don't say they don't need church. They don't need any type of Bible study. They don't need prayer. They don't need any of these things. And they just believe, you know, God is love. And yes, he is. And he just loves everybody. Everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going to know they're not. Only those who put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we know that obviously we have, be, we have all we need if we have Jesus Christ. But let me give an example of what I'm talking about. How do you view your job? Some of us are retired. Some of us, obviously, you can think in long terms. How do you view your family? How do you view your day-to-day activity? But I'm going to talk about the job, first of all. Do you just view your job as you're going in and you're obviously, hey, I'm just trying to get through the day. I hope that not too many problems uh, uh, rear their heads before me and so forth. Or do you think about it in terms of a ministry? Do you think about it in terms of, Lord, who are you going to put before me today that I can share my faith with? Who are you going to place before me today that I can tell people, tell them about Jesus Christ and my relationship with Jesus Christ. Who are you going to do that today? How are you going to, Lord, what are you going to do that I can see you doing in circumstances that I can come into and that I can be a blessing to somebody or maybe something is happening to be able to do that? Do you think of it in those times? You see, what happens when we just think of a job as a job and there's nothing wrong, we all need work, we need obviously money to live, but if we just think of a job as a job, then obviously we're kind of walking in the flesh. How many of you know that? You're not walking in the Spirit. You see, today, the Spirit of God wants us to have unbroken communion with Him. How many of you believe that? You go, wow. It's because sometimes we have gaps in there when we think about the Lord. But really, the whole thing is He's bringing us to a point that we have unbroken communion with Him day in and day out. And we're asking Him about things. We're talking to Him. He walks with me and He talks with me. And He's saying that for each one of us today. What happens is, I believe we slip into the flesh. I believe we slip right on into it and we begin to do things in our own strength. We're not asking God about decisions that we make. We're not looking to the Lord for those things. We're not seeing Him as our counselor when we're going through difficult times. We're not doing a lot of those things because we're in the flesh. We do this, you see. Why do we do that? It's because we compartmentalize our lives. Hey, I'm in church today, Jim. I'm doing good. I've got to church and so forth and all. And now, <clears throat> leave me alone. I'm going about my business. Isn't that what we kind of do? We compartmentalize. This part over here is my spiritual life. And this part of me over here is life in the real. Okay? But really, it should be all together, shouldn't it? 
shouldn't your spiritual life and, and how your, you know, the rubber hits the road should be all together day by day, moment by moment. But we do that, don't we? We go, well, you know, I ask forgiveness. Yes, he forgives, but we need to get close here. We get busy. We forget about, obviously, the fact that the Holy Spirit lives within each one of us and he wants to have fellowship with us. We get busy in this world, doesn't he? he? The Spirit of God is extremely jealous of us. He loves us. He has a passion for us. I was telling in Sunday school today that actually the Greek word is, and we sometimes think of it in the wrong way, but he lusts after us. And we always think of the word lust as being bad in that, but actually it is that craving, and it can be in the good. The Holy Spirit, he lusts after us. He has passion for us. He wants us to have that relationship each and every day. And he's passionate about that. And so we don't pay attention and we get over here in the flesh, don't we? You see, how did Jesus walk? Think about it. You know, those bracelets used to be out here some time ago. And some people still well wear them. WWJD. What would Jesus do? OK, well, how did Jesus walk? How did he walk? OK, he walked around, obviously, and he was always about the father's business. Boy, if we to imitate Jesus and to do what he's a model for us, obviously, in that sense then we're to walk as he did. We should be about the Father's business. So what, God, Father, what are you doing in my family? What are you doing in, in the marketplace, in Walmart? Does somebody need prayer in the aisle because they're looking over there and so forth and they can't find the minute rice or whatever it may be, okay? They may need prayer. Think, listen, the Holy Spirit will direct you. He lives within us and he wants to do that. He wants us to be a blessing to other people. He wants us to encourage other people. And that reminds me, when you come to church on Sunday morning or, you know, come into different studies and so forth, how do you come? What type of mindset? Mindset do you come? Do you have? Do you just come in and say, well, you know, again, I hope we, we, we'll get through this today and then we'll come back next Sunday or whatever, okay? Or do you come thinking, who can I encourage today in the Lord? Who can I encourage in the Lord? I've always said everybody can encourage. You think, well, I don't have any gifts. Yes, you do. But you can encourage somebody, can't you? You see, what happens is we get in the flesh very easily, don't we? But he says, don't walk in the flesh because it accounts to nothing. Actually, we're here. It's actually hostile towards God, you see. He's always, obviously, was about the Father's business. Jesus was. And we're to walk as he walked. We look at people and circumstances through the eyes of faith. What can God do? You see, last week, Samson brought the message on faith. He talked about David. And David was a teenage boy who came up against that 10-foot giant, Goliath. We know the story there. But he had to have faith in God. He'd already exercised his faith there with the lion and all. And he was a shepherd. He obviously ran stinky sheep. And he was out there and he walked by faith. And when he saw that Philistine, he said, Hey, he's defying the armies of God. How many of you know in this place today that the enemy is defying the armies of God right now? He's trying to. And you and I are to take the sword of the Spirit and cut its head off. Amen. Cut its head off. Amen. But you've got to do it. You've got a purpose in your heart. You've got to say, hey, none of this. Stop this. And when that thought comes to your mind and so forth, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that you're to take it captive and then make it obedient to Christ. Amen? Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day, why not do it now? You see? 
But if you don't take an active step in walking in the Spirit with the Lord every day, you'll find that you can't defeat the enemy because you're in the flesh. And the flesh accounts for nothing. The flesh gets in there, gets in the way. That old nature rears its up ugly head here. So, how do you get up each morning? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> do you say, good Lord, it's morning. Or you say, good morning, Lord. Which way do you say it? <laughs> okay. Ask the Lord, what are we going to do today, Lord? Get immediately in the mindset. Because here it starts here. Get in the mindset and say, what are we going to do today, Lord? What is it you want me to do? What is it we are going to partner together to do together in what you're doing in the earth today? That's the way you get up in the morning. The second thing is the mindset on the flesh is dead to the things of the spirit, obviously. The mindset on the flesh is death. And uh, death can neither hear nor see the things of the spirit. And death is, is powerless to act on the things of the spirit. Remember Samson? Remember what happened to Samson? Samson was called by the Lord. He was a Nazarite. He knew not to cut his hair. What did he do? He got his eyes off of, the, of God. He got his eyes off of God. He became a womanizer, didn't he? He, liked, he loved women. Got his eyes off. He stopped walking in the spirit. And here Delilah comes by. And actually, Delilah, I believe, is symbolic of the flesh. So here Samson gets a boy. She's pretty. She's a pretty woman. Looks good. Uh, the lust of the eyes, right? Pride of life. All those things get in the way. But he became a woman. He became, he got into the flesh. And she cut it, they cut his hair off. Lost his strength. You know, when you're in the flesh, you don't have any strength. When I'm in the flesh, I don't have any strength. I don't have any power in my life. I have no joy in my life. I have no oomph in my life. I have nothing because I've slipped over. I've stopped walking in the flesh. I've stopped walking in the spirit. Began to walk in the flesh here. One of the plays, I believe, of Satan to make things look enticing until the whole focus of our eyes are upon that thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be immorality. It can be idolatry. It can be a lot of things. When our eyes are focused on anything and gets too enticed by something besides Jesus, then we begin to slip into the flesh. we got to crucify it. And say, no, not going to do it. And it takes an active stand. And if you have to get up, and obviously I'm telling you, if your neighbors think you're crazy and you need to get out on the balcony of your apartment or get out in your patio of your house and shout it and say, no, I'm not going to do this. I crucify that particular aspect of my life right now in Jesus' name and take authority over it. It may take you obviously being audibly loud and doing that and saying no. This is how radical we've got to be. Samson talked about violent faith last week, not in the way of physical, but in the war that we are in. Because the war would take us out. And again, Satan wants to sideline us, put us on the bench and keep us over here. He is a master of deception. Question, do you have a burden for the lost? you have a burden for the lost? Do you want to see people saved? Do you look for opportunities to encourage one another? Are you purpose in your heart saying, I'm going to be an encourager today. Am I going to do the things that God's called me to do? Or am I just sort of like a slip over here and just try to get by? And when that heavenly train comes by, I've got my ticket, Jesus, and I get on. Are you saying, God, use me today? 
Are you looking for that today? Because if you are, you're looking, you want to walk in the spirit. And you don't want to obviously fulfill the lust of the flesh. A mind set on the flesh will do nothing for the Lord. It's a mind dead to the things of the Spirit. A mind set on the flesh will, will not hear the cries of the lost or perceive opportunities to encourage the saints. A mind set on the flesh will not see the fields of white for harvest. Do you believe today? Because everybody's saying, well, nobody wants to hear about Jesus today. And remember what the disciples told Jesus? You know, he said, wait, why don't you wait three or six months down the way? And Jesus said, no, the fields are ripe right now. So you and I, yes, we're praying for revival. We need awakening. But the fields are white now. There are people out there today that need to know your testimony and to know about Jesus Christ. But you've got to be in the Spirit. You've got to have a heart that's after the things of the Spirit. If not, you'll be obviously deceived, certainly here. Jesus has to be first place in our life. Because what happens is, we walk around as Christians like practical atheists because we're not doing anything. We're just basically biding time, trying to get through. God is saying, walk in the Spirit. If you'll walk in the Spirit, because I want to, this thing, this is not for intellectual consumption today. This is obviously today for this church and those watching to make decisions to walk in the Spirit. And you go, I'm not sure how to do it. Ask God. He'll show you. Say, Lord, I want to walk in the Spirit and I don't want to fulfill the lust of the flesh. God will help his spirit. Third thing is mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. Actually, it's actually hostile towards God because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God for it doesn't subject itself to the law of God where it's not even able to do so here. It doesn't have that power to be able to do that. The flesh obviously gives you neither the power to live a holy life nor power to control the cancer spread of sin in your life. When you sin, it's always will take you further and deeper than you want to go. It's like an infectious disease. It spreads until its end result is death here. Loss of seeing, darkness, hearing, impotence, James tells it. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. James chapter 1, verse 15, obviously. And then James quickly warns, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren, here. Instead of being deceived, Paul beseeches you. He says, crucify that flesh. You know, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says that I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But it's Christ who lives within me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. It's not me living. I've crucified that self. I have crucified those things that obviously pull me down. But it's Christ who lives in me. The fourth thing is, is the mindset on the flesh cannot please God. It will not. The Bible alternatives present your bodies. In Hebrews chapter 12, I offer my body to you as, an, as a spiritual sacrifice to you, or holy and pleasing unto the Lord, my spiritual act of worship. I offer my body to you. I offer the members of your body in Romans chapter 6. Every part of you, I offer my mind, I offer every part of my body, I offer to you. We're obviously Christ and He is ours. He owns us. Well, you got to make in purpose. You've got to do it. God, these one of these things God doesn't do. Obviously, you had to step out by faith and believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, right? You made that decision. You said, I believe it. I'm convicted. I am a real bad sinner. I'm worst of all. Paul, you know, talked about it. I was the worst. And God pulled him out on the road to Damascus. 
But if we're that way, you've got to realize it. And you make that decision and you step forward, you see. The Bible says if we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. All we do is step forward, right? The Bible says, obviously, submit to God, resist the devil. And what does it say? He will flee from you. Submit yourself to God and resist the devil. And sometimes the devil's like a kid. He, he wants to keep on messing until you finally say no more. And he knows when you're really fed up and you're very determined. And that's when he backs off and he will flee from you. He will flee. Remember here what happened with Cain and Abel? Everybody know the story? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gift and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks here by faith here. And then I'm going to read in Genesis chapter four, the story. Listen to the story. Cain and Abel. Everybody knows the Cain and Abel. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord and the fruit of the ground and Abel. Uh, on his part, also brought the firstlings of the flock and of their por fat portions. And the Lord had uh, had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is for you. But you, now listen to this, must master it. You must, M-A-S-T-E-R, you, you must master it. That's what he says. Take it under authority. Take control of it here. And it came about, they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Okay. Why is that? Everybody know about the, 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 the story there. Abel, Cain and Abel, right? Well, Abel offered his sacrifice by faith, and it was obviously there the first portions of, of the meat there and so forth. He offered by faith. What did Cain do? He offered what it was the work of his hands, actually. So he was actually working his way to gain favor with God. But Abel, by faith, offered to the Lord. Cain did not offer his offering by faith. He was showing what he had done for the Lord. The Bible says that all of even our righteous, supposedly righteous acts are like filthy rags before the Lord. We can do nothing except by faith. And by faith means that actually we have heard what God desires because his word is obviously there in front of us. We know what he wants and he speaks to us. And then we respond by faith and believe in him because everything obviously that gets answered with prayer starts in heaven. It starts there. And it comes down and we receive it and then we pray it back to God. And then we see we have what we ask for, as the Bible says. It begins on the heart of God because it's by faith that we receive these things. It's these things that we can't see. But we know that they're there. They're in our hearts because God's word is in our hearts. But it, Abel pleased the Lord. Cain did not. And I think so often we're trying to, to kind of work our way to heaven. We can't do that. Because that's the flesh. That's the old flesh that continues to rear its ugly, uh, uh, ugly head. So how do you crucify the flesh? Here we get to the good part. How do you crucify the flesh? First of all, is you starve the flesh and you feed the spirit. <laughs> starve it. Master it. Say no. No. When something comes. 
temptations come. You have the power to say no. What we do when we sin is we believe that that temporary pleasure of sin is obviously more pleasing than the eternal pleasures of our Heavenly Father. That's what really it means. We believe that. Remember what Moses said? He didn't go into Pharaoh's house, remember? He rejected that because what? He saw, obviously, him who was invisible. He had in his heart the eternal home that God had provided for him. And he refused the temp this temporary, temporary, and the word is temporary, pleasures of sin. But we've got a purpose. We've got to master it. We've got to take control of who's going to control right here in this noggin right here. It's coming. The enemy hits you there every time here. You're training your spirit to say no to the flesh every, every time here. Obviously, in the immoralities, idolatries, distractions, entertainment, emotions, and temperance here. So, what area do you struggle with? What is it? You know, God just wants you to take you captive, walk in the spirit, and say no to the flesh. You have to deprive the flesh of its power. You've got to deprive it from getting what it wants. It dies out. Starve the flesh. Feed the spirit. The Bible says that we are not to be conformed to this world, right? But we are to be transformed, what? By the renewing of our mind. How do we renew our mind? Two ways. One, I know the word of God. Y'all know that is the word of God. will renew your mind. But also in your everyday circumstances and being obedient to the Lord, you also renew your mind that way also. When God tells you to do something, then do it. You may risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You risk, don't you? But you're not really risking. But we think we are. And so we are depriving and starving the flesh, feeding the spirit. And so obviously you, you, you do this until the, the flesh and its desires die. And you're able to walk in the spirit. So what's bothering you today? What is it? You see, there is no obviously situation in here that God can't handle. And if you'll well up right in your heart right now and say, by faith, I believe my God is going to handle my situation. I believe in my heart that my God is going to handle this particular thing that is confronting me today. I believe by faith that my God can handle this. And you begin to purpose in your heart that God is going to take care of it and he will. And the flesh just backs off. But is it something that's just uh, temporary or you have to continue to do it? You've got to continue walking. It won't get any better. Remember, until we take our last breath, we're in heaven. And that's when it obviously will all change. You won't, obviously, uh, you need to feed your spirit. Prayer, word of God, obedience, worship. The spirit will rule your life if you want him to. He does it. But we've got a purpose. You've got to say yes. Let me give you an example. We're all tempted. None of us in here could say, hey, I'm not tempted. You know, I'm good. I got this Christian life down pat, Jim. I'm here, I'm, I'm going to be here, I'm, I'm biding time and so forth. No, you're tempted like I am. Everybody is, okay? So when something comes my way and I catch it and I know it's hit my mind, what I do is I take authority of it right now. I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. I can do it kind of under my breath if I'm in company or so forth or I may do it a little more. I'd rebuke that. I don't receive that in Jesus' name. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, Okay? Against the knowledge of God. And I say nope I don't receive it in Jesus name. I take authority and I rebuke it right now. In Jesus name. And take it. Cast it out. 
and the enemy will see how far you will go and how long you will resist. He'll continue to come back with something until you find out you are not going to yield to that. I take authority over it here. So that thought comes, rebuke it. When I'm most hit is when my prayer life is terrible. And when I'm not in the word of God. And when I'm tired. When I'm tired. And that's when he'll hit you too. Remember that. So you're, these things are to make you aware. Because we have the armor. We have the authority. And we have the power to be able to resist it. But you know to be aware of it. Because a lot of people don't even realize we're in a war. And they've been taken out. And they're warming the bench on the sidelines. But when I'm tired. And I haven't been in prayer. When I haven't prayed as I should have. That's when the enemy hits me. And he'll hit hard. Now all of a sudden something. And I go, where'd that come from? And let me tell you where it comes from in my life. Self. The Lord revealed something to me not too long ago about this. About my selfishness. Because self is always there. Self wants a prominent place because that's the flesh. And he showed me things about myself that I needed to really, really come before him and crucify. The Bible says to buy, deny self and take up your cross daily and follow him. Selfishness is always there, isn't it? Because we want that. We want what we want. And it slips in so subtly, you see. And self comes in. But let me tell you, when you realize it, you recognize it, what God is showing you is do something about it. And that's what he does. We're under construction, aren't we? All of us here. We haven't arrived. But God is saying, is take that mind under control. Realize what's coming your way. And realize that, that God wants to be predominant in your life. Let Jesus be the main thing. Because he is the main thing. Place before him a life of surrender each and every day. And say, Lord, I surrender to you today. I am no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives within me. And I live this life by faith, by faith. By the Son of God who gave himself for me. That's what he's saying today. Is just give it up and say, Lord, I purpose in my heart, and maybe this is an invitation, is I purpose in my heart today is saying, I will walk by faith because my God can do anything, he says. Whatever the care is. He says, always cast all of your cares on him because he cares for you. Whatever the situation is, is by faith right now. And say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to trust you. Because I know that you're the answer. I remember years ago, I was, I was first pastoring, started pastoring. And a lady came in and she had a real difficult situation. And I've had courses in counseling and so forth. But when you get out in the real world, it's like nothing really. You're like, you can't use those principles necessarily. But I, she was telling me all these things that she was going through and everything. And I looked at her and I said, you know, only thing I know to do is. Is to say, Jesus is your answer. And she looked at me. And she said, that's what I needed. I needed that. I needed to hear that. I didn't have some deep theological type of thing that I'd learned in seminary or anything like that. It was a woman that was going through something really difficult. And I said, what you need is Jesus. 
And he said, that's my answer. That was it. And that's true for us today. Jesus Christ. Because I know that he will help us. I know he is faithful. If people like David could go up against those giants. If obviously Samson, even when he had sinned against the Lord, could pull those pillars down and kill the Philistines. If all the stories in the Bible. When Elijah had stopped the rain and then he caused it to rain, he prayed and caused it to rain. If when he told his servant, he said the servant was scared to death and Elijah prayed and and said, Lord, open the eyes of my servant. And he opened his eyes and he saw the armies of God surrounding us and protecting them. If our God, if you look at the stories in the Bible. And how God obviously took care. Of his people. He's going to take care of you and me today. We've got a purpose in our hearts. And make a declaration, say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand upon the truth and the word of God. And I'm not budging. I'm going to believe God above all else. And I'm not going to believe these lies that I hear coming into my mind, even today when Jim's speaking this right now, that it never worked. It never worked. My problem is too big. In no way, let me tell you, that's where really God reveals Himself. But you've got to have faith. You've got to believe Him. And watch God work. Isn't that good news, folks? That's good news. God wants to reveal Himself in that way. To show Himself mighty and strong. Because He is. And He wants us to know. And when you encounter Him, you see how He delivers you out of whatever it may be. Then you go, thank you. You'll just be thankful today. Whatever he's doing today. We can call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you. Crucify the flesh. Say that flesh boy comes up. Just keeps coming, rearing his ugly head. Comes up. Self comes up. And we have it denied self and taken up our cross and followed him. We just uh, we got to do it. Actively engage. And believe. Amen. Everybody's heart's clear. Amen. Thank you all. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, your truth, and thank you for your presence. How great you are, Lord. Because we know, Lord, that all things are possible with God. And so, Lord, even now, I ask you, those watching and those here today, we put that helmet of salvation on every piece of the armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, Our feet have been shod with the preparation of sharing the gospel of peace. We wield the sword of the spirit. We hold up the shield of faith and we who extinguishes all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And we put on the helmet of salvation. So we put that helmet of salvation on. We rebuke the, the thoughts that the enemy's bringing right now. And I declare freedom to the captive. And we receive the good things that you have for us today. Blessing, prosperity, strength, power. The things of God that are so good it bless our lives, Lord, that we just never will be the same. That's what we put on, Lord. So help us this week to see and to actively rebuke, actively engage, Lord, and stand against those things because there's going to be one or the other going to control our thought life. That is the enemy or God Almighty. We submit ourselves to you, Lord, this day. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for watching today. Thank you for your presence here today. We love to see you.
and uh, we just thank the Lord for you. Be praying. Any need that you have, certainly let us know through Facebook or YouTube or whatever and communicate with us and let us pray for you. I pray God's blessing. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, maybe the day you were touched and said, I need Jesus in my life. Jim says, he's, he's certainly the answer and I am in terrible trouble and I need Jesus. Open your heart to Him. Receive Him as your Savior and Lord. He is the Savior of the world. Make Him your personal Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you.